It was Charlie, aged thirteen, who saved the life of Findel, aged fifty-five. At least, that's how Findel described it at the preliminary police hearing. If Charlie hadn't looked up and pulled me to the side, that damn thing would have hit me right in the skull, and I wouldn't be sitting here now. It was a peculiar story right from the start, for three main reasons. First, Charlie was thought to be deaf in both ears, not least by Findel himself, who was convinced that the only things Charlie understood nowadays were eye contact, sign language, and physical touch. It's true that Findel talked with him more than ever, but that's only to be expected when someone you liked grew old and slowed down. And Findel had always been kind to Charlie, just what you would expect. Second, it is a long-established axiom in Western physics that a free-falling body precedes the sound that said body produces by friction against the surrounding atmosphere. Thus, according to said physics, there would have been no noticeable sound whatsoever. Third, and this was the most remarkable, if Charlie had heard something, noticed the danger, pulled Findel aside and thereby saved his life, why didn't he hear the sound of the victim's left shoe, which only a few seconds later struck him right in the neck and killed him on the spot? Between 1956 and 2001 hours on Friday the 22nd of November, three calls were routed via emergency number 90000 to the command centre of the Stockholm Police. The first came from a retired lawyer, who had seen the entire incident in detail from his balcony at Valhallavagen, Tretteota. The lawyer introduced himself by name and title and appeared not the least bit upset. His story was wordy and systematically outlined. Factually, it was completely off the wall. In summary, the premise was that a lunatic dressed in a long black coat and a ski cap with ear flaps had just shot down a poor dog owner and his dog. Now the lunatic was running around in circles, shouting incoherently. The reason that the lawyer found himself out on his balcony with the temperature below freezing was that his wife suffered from asthma, and cigarette smoke had an unpleasant tendency to cling to the curtains. If you are wondering about that, Sergeant. The second call came from the taxi switchboard. One of their drivers had picked up an older woman at Valhallavagen Fortisek, and as he held open the door to help his passenger into the back seat, he noticed from the corner of his eye a poor fellow who fell down from the roof of that tall building where all the students live. The driver was forty-five years old and had come to Sweden from Turkey twenty years earlier. He had seen worse things as a child, and had learned early on that there is a time and a place for everything. That is why he called the switchboard on the radio, told what he had seen, and asked them to call the police, while he drove the old woman to her daughter, who lived on a farm outside of Marsta. It was a good fare, and life went on. Phone call number three came from a man who, judging by his voice, seemed to be middle-aged. He refused to say what his name was and where he was calling from but he sounded exhilarated in a way that indicated that he had ingested some stimulating substance. In addition, he had some good advice. Now one of those crazy students has jumped off the roof again. 
Don't forget to bring a few buckets along when you come to pick him up. At the command centre, everything was running along tracks laid down long ago. When the on-duty operator sent out an area alert on the radio, she had already lowered the priority of the verbose lawyer and raised that of the taxi driver and the exhilarated man with the good advice about buckets. She omitted the shooting, the dog, and the buckets. Her message was that a person had fallen or jumped from the student dormitory called Rosehip on Schossbusswagen and landed on the walkway above the parking lot across the street from the intersection of Anhallewagen and Freyagorten. A lifeless body would be found at the scene, and a distraught male, dressed in a black coat and a peaked cap, wandering around in the vicinity. Was there a patrol car in the area that could take care of the whole thing?